Father God, we gather here together to hear your word, to worship you, and to honor you. Lord, as we gather, we are conscious of the things that are happening in places like Mexico City in the aftermath of the earthquake, uh, the hurricanes that have swept through the Caribbean, the ongoing war in Syria and, and the Middle East, uh, the problems with North Korea. We commit all of that to you, Lord God, and we do cry out for peace in our land, peace in our world, uh, even as we gather here. But Father, I pray that we might be able to set aside uh, all the concerns uh, of our day and our lives just to focus in on you and hear from you. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would rest on me to bring your word to your people today. Through Jesus Christ, amen. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Well, I have to admit, I've been having a bit of an angry day today. I don't know, do, do you ever have an angry day? It's just like you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you just feel angry. Uh, and actually, my angry day started last night when uh, Karen and I got back from a, a trip to Germany. We were ministering there for a few days and we got home last night and we found some things that weren't quite right. We've got workers in our house right now doing a number of things and we found a few things that weren't quite right uh, and uh, we were just feeling a bit angry about it. Uh, nothing terrible, you know, but we're just feeling a little angry and annoyed about it and all the mess around us in the house. You know, we're living in a construction site, you know, so you just get annoyed with that and, and, and all of that. And then, you know, coming in today and I stopped at a shop and they didn't have everything that I needed and I was a bit annoyed at that. And then I had all these people I wanted to come in and I wanted to pray you know, and then I had all these people stopping to talk to me, and, and you know, you, you just see, kind of like, well, I need to pray, you know, can't you see, I need some quiet time, you know, let me go, and, and, and I just, you know, this working, and you know, thankfully, after spending a, an hour with four mission students, I don't feel angry any longer, uh, and certainly after that, singing that song, I mean, that's, Blessed Be Your Name is a great song when you feel angry, great song when you feel angry, so, so I'm, all, I'm all through that. And thankfully, at no point in time during the day did I yell at anybody or swear at anybody or throw anything at anybody. Uh, that's really good on an angry... You know, I've had some angry days when the only reason I didn't take my laptop 
and throw it off the top of City Temple and try to get to the building across the street is just simply because how much it cost. But I think that my anger would have enabled me like a shot put to launch that puppy all the way across and probably get on the other side of the building and crash into smithereens. You know, that, that's kind of what it's like with an angry day for me. And I, I, and, and I, I know it's a little funny, but I, I, I'm also being very, very honest. Uh, but you know, the reason I don't do that is actually not just because of how much the laptop costs, and certainly it's not the reason why I ex- don't express my anger to people. But I understand that there are certain things, if I do, that will hinder my relationship with God. And in particular, there are certain things that I will do that will hinder my blessing. I want to be blessed. I want to have God's blessing on my life. I want to have God's blessing actually on the things that I do. Not just on my life as a whole. I I believe I've got God's blessing on my life. But I also want God's blessing on the things that I do. And and this Greek word blessing means that not only will God say, hey, that's good, but I want to experience enjoyment and happiness when I'm doing the stuff that God wants me to do. Blessed is an adjective that we all want in our lives. I've met very few people who say, yeah, I would really rather to be miserable. You know, I want to go to church and be miserable. I want to sing songs and be miserable. I want to talk to my spouse and be miserable. I want to go to work and be miserable. Frankly, I just want to serve God and be miserable. I've never had anybody sit in my office saying that. Because nobody, even the most depressed, miserable, grumpiest person you can imagine, Nobody wants not to enjoy what they do, particularly what they do for God. And that's what James is talking about here. He's saying, do you want to enjoy your religion? That word religion here is not talking about religion in terms of Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Hinduism, and that kind of thing. The word that's translated as religion literally means what you do to serve God. So anything in our lives that we do to serve God can come under that category of religion. And the Bible tells us that even when we work, we should work in a way to serve the Lord, to please the Lord. So that means in all of our doing, there's a religious dimension, if you will. Not religious in the sense of observing rules, but religious in the sense of serving the Lord. And James is challenging us here to do, to serve God, and to experience God's blessing. And he's telling us, how do you serve God in a way that you will experience God's blessing, that the adjective blessed would be upon you, and that you would enjoy what you're doing? And he tells us, and this whole passage is about how we are blessed, how we have enjoyment how we have delight, happiness in our doing for God. And our doing for God. Now, it's always important to remember when we're looking at James, remember James is talking to Christians. In particular, he's talking to Jewish Christians. 
So when James is talking to Christians, he's not trying to relay a foundation of saved by grace through faith, although I'm sure James would believe that. He's not trying to relay a foundation that righteousness comes through Jesus. Uh, James would believe all of that, but he's now trying to coach Christians. This is almost like Christianity 201, not 101. This is in light of the fact that you've been saved by grace through faith, in light of the fact that you have a new life in Jesus Christ, in light of the fact that you no longer have to do things to be righteous, that you have the righteousness of Jesus Christ, in light of this reality, how do we live? And that's what he's trying to answer here. And so he starts out and he says, okay, if you want to be blessed and you're doing for God, every person should be quick to hear slow to speak, and slow to anger. How many times do we mess things up because we don't take time to listen, wait before we say anything, and certainly not allow ourselves to get angry until we know the whole picture? There's many, many times where we we feel like somebody is, has just disrespected us. Maybe I see Josh uh, uh, on the street and I say, hey, Josh, and Josh just looks down and he just kind of walks on past me. And I think, well, Josh, no, he's, he's such a mean guy. He hates me. I, you know, how could he disrespect me like this? And Josh, all the while, I mean, he's not seeing any of this. You know? And so I talk to him later and say, Josh, you just really disrespected me. He says, when did I do that? Well, when I saw you on the street and I said, hi, well, I didn't see you on the street. When did you see me on the street? And all the while, I didn't take the time to find all the information. And so I got angry. And so James says, hey, listen, use your ears. Don't say a whole lot and don't get angry. Because if you do, if you don't listen, if you start speaking up, if you get angry, you're going to mess things up certainly you won't experience blessing and happiness. And then he goes on to say something very challenging. He says, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. It's been amazing to me. I, for the last several years, uh, and it's one of our elders put me on to this verse. Uh, she quoted this verse to me uh, years ago, and I've really been holding on to it. And the last few years, everywhere I go, I've been talking to people about this because the subject of anger comes up. And I've seen say, well, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And people go, well, I'm righteously angry. <laughs> no, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And how many times do we get angry and we act out of anger and what we do is fundamentally unrighteous? I have seen church leaders, church leaders get angry at their church and start preaching sermons. Maybe they're not given enough. So that all of a sudden they get, you know, 10 weeks on why you should tithe that you're going to burn in hell along with your money. And, and, and it just comes out of anger. And they're targeting people. And it's not righteous. I did that one time, actually, back early on in my ministry. Uh, I was preparing a sermon and I thought, oh, I know, uh, let's say, uh, uh, oh, well, let's see, let's come up with a name. I'm thinking of everybody's name, Betty. Okay, Betty, because there wasn't a Betty in the church. So, uh, so I'm thinking, Betty really needs to hear this message. So I'm going to craft the message to really address Betty. I mean, and Betty, she is a faithful church member. 
Betty at this time is probably in her 60s, maybe in her 70s, and, and Betty uh, has missed maybe two Sundays uh, in the last 30 years just to give the pastor a break. And uh, I mean, it's just, you know, that, that kind of, I'm like, Betty really needs to hear this. So I crafted the sermon and, and all, and this, is, I'm gonna, this I'm going to stick it to her. I'm going to really give it to her. And then I got up that Sunday, Betty wasn't there. Still preached the sermon. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Rod, don't you ever do that again. Don't you ever do that again. I was abusing the pulpit. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. No matter how righteous we think our anger is, no matter how much we think we've been unjustly treated, unjustly offended, if we move in anger, we will not experience blessing. And that's his caution here. And then he goes on. Uh, he's talking about deceiving again. Um, he uh, uh, says, excuse me, does not produce the righteousness of God. Then he says, therefore, put away all filthiness, all dirtiness, uh, rampant wickedness, you know, doing uh, just unrestrained uh, wrongdoing. Now, he's not saying here that we won't do wrong things, right? Because we will. He's saying, just don't keep doing it intentionally. If you mess up, then deal with it. Repent. But don't keep on dealing with it. Don't keep on wallowing in it. You know, put away all of that stuff and then receive with meekness the implanted word of God. So if we really want to be blessed in our, what we do for the Lord, then we need to receive the Lord's word into our hearts. And he was probably talking to quite a few people who were saying, well, I'm righteously angry. And he's saying, well, no, you're not. And in fact, your anger is nothing more than filthiness and rampant wickedness. So you need to listen to the word and get humble about it. Because if you listen to the word, that, that word will heal. It says save your souls. What he's meaning here is that word will heal your mind, your will, and emotions. See, if we wallow in wickedness, if we wallow in anger, if we stay in that stuff and we don't listen to the word, then we will be unhealthy on the inside. But if we listen to the word, we deal with our anger and stuff, then the health will come to us. And when we're walking in this healthiness because of the word of God, that is a blessing. So he goes on and says, so in light of all this, do the word, don't just listen to it. Because if you don't do it, even if you're listening to it, you're deceiving yourself. Uh, and he goes on to say, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, it's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself, goes away, forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, uh, perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts will be blessed in his doing. So essentially he's saying here that we need to do what God has told us to do. Don't just hear it, but actually do it. Follow what Jesus tells us. Because if we do what God tells us to do, which is not a law that restrains us, but it's something that sets us free. God's word sets us free. It doesn't restrain us. It sets us free. If we do that, if we do what God's told us to do, then we will be blessed in our doing. And then he continues and he says, if you think you're religious, if you think you're doing what God wants you to do, you see the logic of how he's, he's talking here. If you think you're religious and you don't bridle your tongue, you're deceiving your heart and your religion is worthless. In other words, take control of your tongue. 
watch what you're saying, watch how you say. And if you really want to do the right thing before God that's pure, undefiled, then take care of widows and orphans. And widows and orphans were the most vulnerable people in society. So you might say, looking at our, our world today, take care of the vulnerable. Take care of those who are weak, who are genuinely needy. Look after them. Visit them. It's actually the same word from which we get uh, episcopal or bishop, episkopos, uh, which means an overseer. So oversee their needs. Help them in their difficulties and don't get messed up by the world. Don't get pursuing after worldly stuff all the time. So here's James's logic as he flows through this. We want to be blessed in our doing for God. As Christians, we're called to act. We're called to do. If we don't do anything about our faith, then we're deceiving ourselves. We don't have any faith. If we're hearing the word all the time, if we're sitting in a service like this or we're watching on TV, I know some people who seem to, to, to watch 20 sermons a week and sometimes they want to say, well, why isn't your life different? Why don't you change? So James's logic is this. If you, if you want to be blessed in what you do for God, then open your ears and not your mouth. Restrain your anger and don't get messed up in stuff that you shouldn't be messed up in. And make sure that you're looking after peop- people who are weak and vulnerable, trying to watch out for their needs, taking care of them, and keeping free from all the entanglements that you can get messed up in with the world. And if you have that kind of freedom, if you're walking in that way, doing what God has called you to do, you will e- experience blessing. You will be blessed in your doing. And not only will we be blessed in our doing, we will also bring glory and honor to Jesus. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for the encouragement here. Father, I pray that you would help us when we have angry days not to speak or act out of that anger, but to really restrain, restrain our mouths, restrain our anger. Process it with you. Lord, we want to have health. We want to have blessing in all our doing. And so by your spirit, I pray that you'd show us the things that maybe we have been doing in this passage that we need to stop doing and things that we need to do that we haven't been doing so that we can experience the full joy, blessing, and contentment of following your will and doing your thing. We love you and we praise you. We worship and adore you. And we pray all this through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.